0: All right, here we go. Uh, Episode 2 of uh, the Bald Online Podcast. Um, This is day 2 of the NBA play-in just occurred. Uh, So this was the ninth and 10th seeds playing tonight. So today I'm going to talk about uh, each of these games and then the next games that are going to follow after this. And then I'm going to talk my uh, playoff series picks for... Uh, series one uh, for the series that we already know the outcomes for. Um, I'm gonna talk about uh, the show Swagger on Apple TV. Uh, just got done with the third episode. Um, so, just a little update on that. I think it's a cool little show. Uh, and then I'll react to a video. Um, I got a couple options right now, but I think what I'm gonna review is a video from Bebop Breakdown and specifically. Um, one on kate cunningham uh so i'm gonna get right into it uh i'm gonna play some highlight clips in the background um as i talk through games uh so any feedback is appreciated on that on how it works uh volume or no volume um if it should be sped up because obviously i'm not going to talk enough to go through um this whole highlights Uh, but just as i talk through the game just to you know give some content um behind it um so, playing the wrong video first. Let's start with the game in the East. Uh, Charlotte Hornets versus Atlanta Hawks. Uh Atlanta ran away with this game. Uh they really showed uh sort of what we got accustomed to with Atlanta last year. Um showing that offense and then uh, Charlotte as I had uh as I had anticipated, very undisciplined team. Um you know very good team the talent i love it the young talent terry Rogier really stepping up big this year miles bridges uh you know most improved player of the year candidate Lamelo ball came into league hot and and improved himself this year i got into all-star game and everything i, I really like you know uh, talent wise where this team is going but just kind of being a constant um, for this team uh, all season long just you know fouls you know let down and play um losing their cool uh a lot of that going on with them um, or else i think they would have done better this year um, so hopefully they improve on that next year so they're out of the playoffs now um in this game miles bridges you know after the game was already pretty much uh, out of the way in the fourth quarter he got two texts in a row like on the same play after a foul went like after the ref uh kept yelling at him had to be you know restrained um even after he was ejected from the game uh you know he's going out to the locker room there's a fan yelling at him uh, i'm sure pretty bad things right obviously uh he threw his turn around through his mouthpiece at the fan and uh he missed and it hit what seemed to be a, a young girl uh press conference after the game he's apologizing you know, that that the mouthpiece landed on the girl. is not apologizing the fact that he lost his cool and threw the mouthpiece in the first place. The whole regret was the fact that it hit, you know, the wrong person and all that. And it just kind of shows, you know, like great player, big fan of, you know, the leap that he made this year on the court. But um, this is the only reason why this team couldn't get to the heights uh, that it could. So uh, I think uh, uh, Borrego, uh, has to go next year uh, I see this as you know potentially like a Warriors Mark Jackson sort of situation where yeah they made an improvement they want to jump from 33 win team to 43 win team this year um, but mainly on the back of like you know Terry Rozier really improving his play Miles Bridges really improving his play um, but clearly like I feel like on the coaching side of things like getting the team in order and everything it's not there and they could definitely benefit by giving those talented players uh, another coach you know someone someone that could um, hopefully help them you know uh, control things like that um, so of course that's more like off the basketball court uh, in this game it wasn't really like a very contested game you see here at um, at halftime it was basically double digit lead um, a little bit contested at that point but then uh, Alana really ran away with it in the third quarter. Um, so I think uh, neither of these teams were going to be Miami anyway. Of course, um, Charlotte didn't really deserve, uh, you know, this win over the Hawks uh, with their talent. Hawks are a team that really they're they're a playoff team. We saw how far they went. They probably overachieved their um, I think we could pretty much all agree on that um, in terms of last year. But they still deserve to be a playoff team in terms of their talent. They underachieved. Now they have this second chance um, to really just, like, get into the playoffs right now. Uh, so I'll talk about, you know, uh, how I feel uh, about them versus Cleveland. It's going to be a pretty pretty close game there, but uh, better team won today, Um I don't think it's Charlotte's time yet Uh, and yeah that's pretty much all there is to say about this game really moving on to the next game Uh, in the West we had we had the Spurs and the Pelicans Uh, you see here Herb Jones making a great play on Dejounte Morey. that's kind of uh, how it went today so Pelicans played outstanding defense uh, particularly. Uh, my man Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado, uh, two rookies, uh, incredible defensive players. Really stepped it up today. Uh, mind you, Herb Jones is a second round pick. Jose Alvarado's undrafted um, rookie. Um, absolutely, they're everywhere, um, even on offense. Uh. uh you know, Jose Alvarado drilled a few threes today, which was, you know, kind of out of character for them, but they really stepped up. Uh, I was listening to this on uh, uh, audio only, radio, for, for much of the game. I caught a rerun of the game later, but uh, just uh, the radio announcers um, were going wild over here. Uh, you know, you could see like ev- everyone in the stands had red shirts and everything. Pelicans were taking this really seriously. And it's good, because this team started out with, um, I forget the record they started out with, but they had like one win in like 12 12 games or something like that. Um, I could be very wrong on that, but I I think I heard something like that today. Um, But I know they started off really wrong. Obviously, they're missing uh, their best player for the entire season, which by the way, Zion, before the game, was doing like 360 degree dunks. Um, Maybe I should react to Stephen A. getting disgusted that that uh, Zion's doing three sixty dunks. I didn't watch what it was. Uh, of course, it'd be entertaining. Probably not too enlightening, but uh, entertaining nonetheless. As Stephen A. But uh, I don't know if Zion's you know nearing a return. Uh, they could definitely use him if they move on to uh, to the eight seed against the Suns. But they're not going to beat the Suns regardless, especially not with you know uh, Zion in like conditioning shape. Um, but they missed them all year. Uh, Brandon Ingram was out for large chunks of this year. Uh, they made a mid-season trade. They pretty much improved since that trade. You know, they traded who was basically their third best player in Josh Hart. Um, if you count JV as a player. I think it was Vassell that he was talking about. He's like, who, Devin? And and the reporter said, uh, no, you. And it's like, that's an inappropriate question. And then he was like, he got really serious after that and just started answering other questions so uh, pop being pop i love pop i don't want him to retire uh i mentioned how i don't think he was like one of the top five coaches which he was voted among the top five on the nbca vote um that Monty ended up winning but um that could change in a year i just i just feel like he had an off year this year um so i it's the Spurs, like, next year they could reload and, and, and get better. So um, I'd be interested in seeing that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, with the way Herb Jones played today, I might have to make some changes in my all-rookie team selections. Um, that's going to be my next video uh, and podcast, so uh, I'm not going to spoil that until the next because I, I still haven't decided if I'm gonna make any changes but it's at least you know making me think about it um, yeah so this game was pretty interesting till the end but uh, Norland's pretty much uh, pretty much took it handily so I'm gonna go into um, the next matchups so in the East you're gonna have uh, Lana Hawks face off against the Cleveland Cavs so what I'm playing here is their last game, which was two weeks ago. It was thirteen days ago, March thirty first. Um, in this game, there was no uh, Evan Mobley. He was injured, and then obviously Jared Allen was also injured here. Um, so it's basically Jared Garland, uh, Chetty Osman, kind of, uh, leading the team here. Um, I don't know if Karis Levert was hurt too. He might have been, but um, Atlanta won handily, um, by twenty some points, um. Yeah, obviously that changes with Mobley, and then um, Cleveland might also get Jared Allen back. Uh, so it'll be a, a lot more even match. But uh, Atlanta looks hot right now. It, like I mentioned you know, um, previously, Atlanta is a team that deserves to be a playoff team in terms of their talent. They have the ability to get there. They haven't been playing like that this year, but, uh, you know, all that has to change is those guys just have to play like that. Capella has to play, you know, he doesn't have to play at this level, but last year he was a defensive player of the year candidate, right? Or at least he was all defensive team candidate, um, at the center position, right? If he comes back to, to somewhat near that level, um, especially like in this next game, right? Um, the sky's the limit for Atlanta, right? Um, their shooters make their shots. You know, and Trey's gonna be Trey. He didn't have to score too much this game. Distributed the ball well. Still got his ten assists. So. Um, so I really like Atlanta, especially if Jared Allen is out. I'm gonna pick Atlanta, on this. Um, if Jared Allen plays, uh, it's a lot closer. I would be, you know, thinking, thinking about it back and forth. But I'm I'm still gonna pick Atlanta even if, um, at the moment now, even if Jared Allen's in. So, I'm going to choose them to to advance. Neither of these teams, I don't think, um, are going to beat the Heat. Although, I mean, if if Atlanta plays to their ceiling, um, they can definitely give the the Heat trouble. Uh, So, yeah, I really love what the Cavs were able to do this year. JB Bickerstaff, a lot of of credit to him. They had to deal with a lot of injuries. Uh, I don't think Colin Sexton is, you know, that fantastic of a player, but for what he was, you know, probably, like, second option on that team. They really needed guards. They got that guard play from Ricky Rubio. He got hurt, too. Jaron Allen got hurt. Mobley was out for a significant portion. You know, Karis Levert wasn't available for a while. I also think he's not that great, but if you're looking at it, like, they still have Rubio and, and Sexton, and, you know, they also have Karis Levert. That would have been, um, you know, the would have been a very different story for this team, especially with how they started. So uh, I would like to see uh, Cavs advance to playoffs just to kind of solidify that. Um, it would be kind of messed up if, you know, after this season, they just, like, slowly, like, slid down out of the playoffs and it kind of turns into more of, like, a forgotten season. Um, so from that aspect, I would like the Cavs to win. But um, I'm thinking Atlanta takes this. So for the other game... Uh, they also played recently in the Pelicans and the Clippers. Uh, this was one of the first games that that uh, Paul George came back. So this was April third, a few days ago. Um, Clippers held uh, everyone on the Pelicans under twenty points. Um, C J had nineteen, I think. Brandon Ingram had fifteen, and J V had eight. Um, so Clippers is playing really good team basketball, defense, like what they were doing basically under Tyloo uh, all year long. They got PG back. He only scored uh, 15, but he had seven assists. So um, they also uh, sort of ran away with this one too. So um, there was a lot of resting uh, going on in this one too, especially for PG who had just come back. So it looks like PG is like full force right now. Um, do or die for both teams so they're gonna they're gonna lay it all out um, Clippers should take this easily in my opinion uh, they're definitely a playoff quality team as I mentioned before even without PG they're you know I feel like they would have a good chance against the Pelicans but uh, with him they're definitely a playoff team um, however you know we saw with the Pelicans that have two great offensive weapons they got third you know pretty good offensive weapon they got a couple shutdown defenders so i could definitely see it going either way with the pelicans too um you know my man herb jones might slow down pg but uh clippers are, are built way deeper than that as we saw all year um you know even the pgs quote unquote shut down like we know he could still get people involved he could still make shots at the opportune times we know that their offense can um Can sustain even even without him, you know, getting high-volume shots. Um, And then we also know what he could do on the defensive side of the ball, too. So I feel like Clippers are fine. Uh, I'm really becoming a fan of of Ty Lue as a coach. Um, It's come a long way since the Cleveland days, in my opinion. Um, I can see New Orleans pulling it off, but I'm still counting on uh, Clippers to take it. So um, next I want to go into – to the series and kind of just do like a quick pick uh and quick thoughts on uh on the first round of the playoffs that are coming up now that we have a little bit of a clear picture of uh of who's going to be in it um I will do in a in a future show in the next couple of days a, a a sort of bracket laying out how I think, you know, things are going to end up, who's going to be, you know, playoff uh, or finals MVP uh who i think are you know, the risers and the fallers in the playoffs you know who's going to be disappointing and, and all those sorts of things but for now just quick for the for the first round um, just kind of go through and compare it to also what the what the odds are um, so right now whoever is not familiar with uh, sort of the american odd systems um, uh, minus one thousand is basically uh 10 to 1 right uh plus 650 is basically six and a half to one um, underdog, right? Um, minus 1,000 is 10 to one favorite, right? So that, that is a very huge favorite for the Bucs, um, and rightfully so. So a lot of people, including Bulls fans, have been uh, you know really low on the Bulls um, this year after a very strong start to the season. Very good story of the season that they had, the Mars, you know, career year, uh, legitimate career year, um, at this age, uh, great story. Caruso and Lonzo Ball were very fun to see play together. Um, uh, for our, however long we got to see it, we're not going to see Lonzo Ball come back for the rest of uh, this season. Um, they do have Pat Williams back, so they do have some other defensive uh, pieces back um, around. Those scores in the Rosen and Levine, but Bucks Bucks are my pick out of the East, um, largely because I want them to be right. Like I want Yanis to go back there. Um, absolutely unbelievable player that you you really really can't not like um, this guy. Maybe he's not your favorite player. I mean, no, he's not my favorite player, but you. You just can't not not like this guy. Like, I don't know anyone who just, like, actively um, dislikes him. I do know people who basically uh, sort of, especially before um, this year when he won the title, uh, do not like uh, his game as much because he's not, like, a s- score-anytime unstoppable, like, like Kevin Durant, for example. But... But, you know, uh, Bucs Bucks, uh, are going to be my pick here. Um, just his, like, willpower, like, his, his power to will his team to victory um, is really, really very unique that we've seen um, this year. Like, a lot of players, we complain about it. Then People were even complaining about it in previous years in the playoffs. Once we've seen what he did in the finals, um, um, I think there's no turning back for him. The fire is not dying anytime soon, in him. Uh, Drew Holiday stepped up his offense this year. Um, Chris Milton hasn't been as good as he was in the playoffs last year, but that doesn't really matter because now it's the playoffs again. So all he has to do is, you know, be somewhat similar to what he was last year, uh, and they'll be fine, especially for um, the first round. So no upset for me there. I'm I'm calling this in. I want to call in in five, but i really wouldn't be surprised if if it goes uh if it goes six so um next series is uh raptors versus sixers so interesting thing teams traveling uh to canada uh, and i think the other way around too but i think all all the raptors are vaccinated but teams traveling uh to canada basically across the border either way Unvaccinated players are not able to play. And we know that at least includes Matisse Um uh, Matisse uh, is a very important piece for the Sixers in the playoffs overall. Not as much specifically with regards to facing the Raptors, right? Um, uh, he, he could have been on Fred Van Vliet pestering him much of the time um, however I don't think it's necessarily that that they'll be missing you know he, he could be on Scotty Barnes potentially but um, it's definitely they're missing something but it's not like the biggest possible piece that they're missing and then um you know I, I think Philly fans would agree if, if they can't beat the Raptors here then um, then they don't deserve to to beat the Nets or the or the heat or the or the Bucks, right, to get to the to get to the finals, um, and certainly not to beat the Suns or whoever else comes out of the West. Um, so they're a very slight favorite, minus one ninety. It's not that slight of a favorite, but um, Raptors are one of the scariest uh, road teams. Um, one of those teams that uh, they're they bottom four seed in the East, and that's the team that people wanted to face the least. I mean. The team that people really wanted to face the least in the bottom four is obviously the Nets, but um, Raptors were definitely there too. Um, they definitely like to show up in big um, big moments. I think the season series went 3-1 uh, to the Raptors, so they play up to their competition. Their defense has been very, uh, very good. Their team has definitely centered around uh, playing heavy minutes on their main guys, and then the playoffs, that's that's kind of what happens anyway, right? Um, you go seven, eight-man rotation. Um, so Raptors are, are, are kind of built for this. Um, one of their main contributors is a rookie, though, Scotty Barnes. So we'll see how he responds. Um, I'm saying Sixers and six, in my opinion. Uh, I could see it go to seven, but I'm going to say Sixers and, and six. If this goes to seven due to you know, Harden not stepping up in a a couple of those games. Or obviously, if if Sixers lose, um, and Harden doesn't just play, you know, frankly, better than he's played in the regular season. So not just if he plays worse in the playoffs, but even if he doesn't just even, like, play to that level that he's played this season, not Houston Harden. um, We really got to write this guy for for his playoff performance like let's not forget um probably the last time he was good in the playoffs in terms of like a stretch where it was like multiple games in a row that he was good in the playoffs where he could actually say like play out uh, a like playoff Harden essentially like you know not just like in a seven game series he had Three games that were on the level of his regular season performance it was like Harden being Harden, and then like four games were terrible like that's not what i mean right someone that actually you say like this is a good player in the playoffs um was basically his okc days and then uh possibly just that that finals run that they had where they lost to the heat and then that doesn't include the finals right so he was outstanding going to the finals especially against the spurs and then, you know, in the finals, obviously that's like a different player, but it's the same person, and I'm just saying that's the last time we saw him be great, and he wasn't even great for the whole finals. He was absolutely terrible um, in the finals uh, against the Heat. Uh, granted, it was a hungry Heat team, outstanding defense and everything, but he was that third option on that team, and he really he really did cost him a lot with the shooting. He was somewhere around like 25% a field goal in certain games if not um no not the whole series definitely but um it was bad it was really bad over there and it's obviously carried on since we saw it in houston and yeah he was injured last year but honestly at this point you gotta you gotta start second guessing everything if if he doesn't step it up this series um i think he'll do enough at least to worst case scenario like mask it um let and beat carry it like you do your you know get like 24 points and dish out 10 dimes um don't turn the ball over too much he he's probably shouldn't be doing too much but don't like stand back like too much like like he was last year um when he was hurt um, i think what we really see hard in struggles is later on against uh, the better teams um, but for now like they should be able to win this in six um next you have Nets versus the Celtics. Um this is the most intriguing matchup in the East in my opinion. Um Nets are actually according to this uh they're the underdogs but barely, right? Plus 110 is like as close you can get. That means basically they lose 11 times out of 21 they lose 11 times and win 10 times out of you know the combination 21. um that's incredibly close i've seen them i've seen them be the favorite um i don't know how much changes oh i i so i do know something uh, something did change um and i think it was with the whole Kyrie irving uh ramadan situation that he's fasting um I think that's way overblown, like we've seen him play. We saw what he did just yesterday. Started the game 12 for 12, right? Through the first three quarters. Scored 34 points on 15 shots, right? Dished out 12 assists, I think. Um, against a good defensive team. Not a full full-powered defensive team, but good defensive team that was fighting for a playoff spot. Um, I don't. I don't think this is enough to to warrant like bumping them down like that. But then again, Celtics are we know like I I, I talked about it. I think it was in yesterday's episode. Um, one of the best defensive teams of all time. Um, uh, especially if you count their January portion until the end of the season. Um, basically that turnaround that they had, or essentially, I consider them like completely different team. I feel like that old team is gone. Now, one thing that is. Gone from that team that contributed primarily to that is Rob Williams, right? So that's the main thing working against them. Um, honestly, after seeing uh, what the Nets did yesterday too, it's if their role players defend like that, and their two shooters, Patty Mills or their two prime shooters, Patty Mills and uh, and Seth Curry, knock down their shots. And those bigs play uh defense like that. Bruce Brown basically keeps doing what he's been doing for the past month. I'm not even gonna talk about KD and Kyrie, like we already know, like to expect that from them. The question marks are elsewhere for them. If they do that and Celtics don't have Rob Williams, I gotta pick the Nets. Now I don't know that they're gonna do that or not, right? So my consideration is is also like factoring in or the chances that they'll do that. This series is so close for me, uh, like, there's so I didn't many. get that. Could you try again? <laughs> okay, Siri. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> so this, oh, okay, I said, I said series, that's why. Okay, I'm not gonna say series anymore uh podcast derailed (laughs) okay so the celtics i i I don't think their defense can really operate to that level necessarily without rob williams now the one thing that i think uh could save them here is jason tatum basically goes toe-to-toe with kevin durant um that i think is a possibility and it would really sort of catapult um Catapult Tatum to that to that conversation, which regular season wise he has um, playoffs. We haven't really seen it. We've seen kind of disappointment after disappointment. Not just like blaming it on him. It's just we just really haven't seen it to that level yet. Like going toe to toe with KD. We've seen it in a regular season. This could very well be the season that um, that actually happens in the playoffs, right? And I think that gives him a chance. But um Jalen Browns I think has still been disappointing for me this season and I I think my expectations were a little unfairly too high for him, maybe. Um defensively he's still he's still been great like in terms of like fitting into that defense as a whole. But um for that reason like I just I just feel like there's quite not enough um around Tatum considering their defense is gonna take that step back. So I'm gonna narrowly pick pick my Nets. This took me a while to do because I'm kinda still like thinking about it through it. Like I still flip flop it in my head, but I'm gonna pick the Nets um, right now. Uh, the other teams that aren't listed here obviously are the number one seeds with the eight seeds cause we don't know yet, but I think the Heat are gonna beat whoever comes out. But I do think with Atlanta it will be uh, an interesting series uh oh yeah this game this this series i'm picking it to go seven games so four three nets golden state warriors versus denver nuggets so this is the three versus six matchup uh it looks like steph is gonna be back some point during the series so within those like first four games so they'll at least have a chance um you know we'll at least have a chance to see steph um i was saying yesterday that i think steph comes back after one game on average um maybe two i think it's looking like maximum two so if they win one game either if they win that one game that he's out or one of the two games that he's out Um, i think they take the series because if steph was healthy i would pick this to go 4-1 Four one to four two, with Steph being questionable. I picked this to go four three Warriors. If Steph, you know, if Steph comes back immediately since the first game, I think it's four two Warriors. Um, or after one game, um, I think it would be four two Warriors. Um, if Steph doesn't come back at all. Uh, I'm picking nuggets. Nuggets the other direction. Four three. I'm still really reluctant, uh, to pick the nuggets without those guys. And the Warriors are still a good team. Like Jordan Poole has been on fire. Klay Thompson could step it up. Like we could see like all this stuff that people are saying, like, oh, if Klay Thompson had his whole own, own team, if he got traded to another team or something like that, like all these things that we said, we could actually like see it happen. Now it's the playoffs, now it's like no more like Going easy and all that stuff, especially with Steph out, right? Um Draymond Green's pretty much back, right? Like from his injury and everything. You know, I feel like Wiggins has been quiet, right? Like they they still have all this stuff that we we're talking about, like before Clay was back, when we we're saying this is the team that's gonna challenge the Suns. Maybe it's even the Suns that are challenging them, right? Like they're still that team. Obviously, they don't have Steph, which is huge, but I don't think they're gonna not have Steph forever. So, factoring in like what I think like the average, you know, return time for Steph is, which is one game. I'm gonna call it Warriors four two on this. Um, I've already given my like so many of my thoughts about Jokic. Um, I don't think it takes anything away from him from MVP if you know he doesn't win this series. Um, Of course, it doesn't factor into it, but I don't think anyone could say after the fact, you know, if he does win MVP and it turns out, you know, this was how it ended. Like, he still ended it, you know, losing to the Warriors, which were third seed largely because they didn't have Steph or Draymond, and you know, and or Draymond for chunks of the season. Um, And we already know who Jokic is missing from his team, so doesn't look like any of them are going to come back i'm picking warriors 4-2 um, with an estimation of stuff missing one game um this one we found about yesterday this matchup uh, timberwolves versus grizzlies um plus 250 on the timberwolves what are the odds on this one i didn't talk about it plus 175 it's fairly decent um i don't know how much they factor in uh, Steph's injury to that but um, or necessarily to what magnitude uh, they factor in Steph's injury Um, Timberwolves pretty big underdog they're a bigger underdog than the Nuggets Um, rightfully so like I feel like I still feel like Cat is not ready to perform in the playoffs like that I feel like like he's not anchoring their defense I haven't really seen you know they, they don't they're not really clicking on like necessarily all those cylinders that they were before right like McDaniels has sort of replaced Jared Vanderbilt um, in what he did, like defensively for that team. I I still feel like you're just you're just trying to like mask um, Towns. Although you know, like if you look at it, who's Towns guarding on the other end? It's uh, Triple J, who's not like necessarily a player that's gonna like kill you on offense. Like, yeah, he could knock down some threes, but you know, Towns should do. A, fairly decent enough job guarding that like uh, you know at least he's not guarding Embiid or Jokic right or Yanis or, or someone like that right so he has a defensive liability Is not going to be like the worst thing in the world but even just you know he might not be able to get his offensive game going he's going against defensive player of the year candidate uh, Jaren Jackson Jr so uh, I think Cat is at least not going to have like an incredible season or series but um it's really gonna gonna fall on uh, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell to uh, to step up as well I don't think D'Angelo Russell will step up for an entire series like that um, likewise with Anthony Edwards too. Um, Grizzlies are a really good team there's a reason why they're number two seed there's a reason why they're was it 20 and 2 or 20 and 3 I've seen both numbers Pass around, um, I think they're 20-3 and without um, John Morant. So uh, they're a good team even without John Morant. We've heard it a lot of times. They're an even better team with John Morant. Uh, I think they figure out a way um, to to keep the Timberwolves at bay even though their offense has been uh, unbelievable for stretches. I think Carl Towns was a major part of that offense. I got to see it like... I have to call it like this. If I see it otherwise, then we got a whole new big, um, that teams need to worry about in the playoffs going forward. Um, but I just don't see it yet. I'm calling Grizzlies. 4-1. 4-1. I kind of want to call it 4-2, but I'm going to call it 4-1. I think they win big. I think, uh, you know, they advance sort of, sort of get over the hump. Um, for them uh and then i'll talk about a future series later but uh jazz versus mavericks there's no other lines for this and how many games it's going to go or anything uh mavericks are actually plus 230 they're actually have higher odds than the timberwolves which i'm not that surprised with but obviously we don't know the extent to luca's injury honestly like if I'm betting, I'm, I'm probably still betting on this line for minus 300. I think they're going nowhere without Luka. I think this is... I think they get, like, one... If Luka doesn't show up in five games, I think they get, like, um, what do you call it? They, they, they get, like, that one, like, heartening win, right, against the Jazz and make it 4-1. Um, I think it could go four0, but with the jazz you know uh, struggles that we saw to end the season and everything like any given game they could just like fold and then also it just takes like Mavericks playing like inspired basketball or something. If Luca doesn't come back in five games. Now if Luca misses two games, I'm calling the jazz to win, but at least you know they'll take they'll take two games right Two, maybe three maybe stretch it to, to the seventh game. Um, that'd be nice to see if like Luca misses two games, and then he comes back and and they go, you know, 3-2 since he comes back, take it to game seven, or let's say 3-1, take it to game seven. And then, um, honestly, at that point, it's actually kind of could be anyone's game. Um, so it could be interesting, but I don't think he's coming back even after two games. I wouldn't bring him back. Uh, it's like, yeah, you win a series, maybe like you're really inspired you feel like you could win two series you think like you're really gonna win four series with luca with this injury like each consecutive each series after this is just gonna get more and more risky for him he's not just gonna like magically get better of course we don't know like the full extent or maybe it could just be something where the team's kind of just keeping us in the dark too but we saw you know that happened with Kawhi and the clippers I still don't think he's coming back anytime soon. If he comes back after, like, three games, they're, they're pretty much toast at that point, in my opinion. Um, I'm definitely picking the Jazz for this. Uh, and then the last series that's not listed here, um, Suns are definitely, like, rolling through uh, whoever comes out between the, the Pelicans and the Clippers. Um, maybe Clippers have a have a good chance to, like, take two games, like, we know under Ty with, it's, you know, playoff Terrence man and all of that. Like, I I find it hard to believe that they even take two. I feel like the Suns are just going to sweep whoever. Like, if it's the Pelicans, I feel like they're just going to sweep them. Uh, that team is just too good. That team is very good. I feel like teams in the East can beat them. The Warriors at full strength can beat them. Really, no one else. Um, Nuggets at full strength, but not really because, like, those guys just being on the court doesn't really like mean as much um they need to get their legs under them and everything so warriors or a couple teams in the east in terms of having a chance against the suns so um next i'm going quick to the um, to the moment ranks so that's the top shot uh, fantasy game um that i talked about yesterday uh so this is a cool like daily contest um it's not too late to to kind of get involved for this year all you have to do is buy top Shop moments of um of players um that you want to play with so any, and basically any player put together any five players there's not like salary cap or anything that are playing on any given day so of course you'd need to buy players that that would span across um, all the various days um, but really it's like something that um, one-off single day thing so you don't even need to necessarily get the best players, but a lot of the best players you could get for uh, for a few bucks anyway. You just need five to make a team. Um, I've been doing it for pretty much most of the year since like December. Um, if you place top 100 out of, what was it, a couple thousand entries per day, uh, you go in at least like five bucks, but you know, you could win up to 250 bucks if you're first. I've won five bucks a bunch of times here, enough to give me at least a couple couple extra players that I could buy Um, more than a couple actually probably like a dozen players that I could buy um, off those winnings so it's pretty cool and it's interesting to kind of you know see and and follow what happens Uh, yesterday I kind of alluded to you know the type of plays that happened today what really um, pushed me up there to fifty sixth is the boost that I got from Clint Capella's blocks so I have a block moment from him blocks you get a lot of extra points you get 16 points per per block that the player gets above his average so he was able to get three blocks and he was averaging less than a block a game um, in the last 10 games right and it's like Capella obviously I know he's a player that any given game he could get three four five blocks right he's a, he's a guy who's averaged two blocks a game before right um, so I so if I know he's in a slump I'm gonna pick him and with the hopes that he's just gonna have a game that's gonna blow it up like that. And he basically gave almost as many points off that block boost as he did with all his other stats combined, which includes 17 rebounds. So it's pretty, it was pretty nice to get that boost there. I also got a boost from um, CJ. So handles is basically like uh, a nice like crossover uh, highlight that he has, um, but that counts for the assist category. So seven assists, he was averaging like five assists, so a couple of assists over the average. Gave him a nice boost. So obviously, just like yesterday, this was only a two-game slate. So uh, so there's only four teams of players to choose from, narrow pool. Um, So if you just hit a couple of these boosts, like you make it. So it's pretty nice. Um, So I'm actually gonna go ahead and, there's no games tomorrow, so it won't let me put in an entry um, until uh, essentially the day of so I'll do that in another time and I wanted to talk about
1: here's a first look at our the show
0: the Swagger way. this is basically a show that that um KD helped make and it's loosely based off uh KD's own experience um going into high school and then going through college and and the pros and the whole like recruitment pipeline um so similarities include, you know, you know, a mom that, you know, really like fights for his kid, very active and with, you know, um, uh, with his kids, uh, uh, you know, of involvement in his and uh, his development in basketball um, growing up in the D.C. area. Um, so this kid is 14 years old. He's, he's the number one player in the region and kind of follows him very like nba 2k my career style um like showing the tweets everything he does in the game he misses a free throw like there's tweets like this guy sucks and all and, you know it's like his rank moves down uh, you know if, if he has a bad game or whatnot very my career style that they did it and you see O'Shea jackson jr uh, ice cube's son um is in the game uh as his coach um one of the things is uh, about his role over here handles it very much like like his father like it's like you're looking like directly at Ice Cube um which obviously is what people think when you know he was cast as Ice Cube and in, and uh, in, uh, straight out of Compton so a lot of more of that like the way he like handles like the challenges that 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 come by um, kind of handles it like how Ice Cube would have handled it um, but the, the really cool thing, so I'm like three episodes in, I watched one um, after I watched playing games and before I recorded this. Um, I'm like, okay, it was, it was a pretty cool show after the first two episodes. This third episode, I really liked it a lot because um, the way they did it, um, I won't like spoil it too much, but um, it kind of put him faced off against another player, Right another player at, a, at another school on another team and then eventually they, they play each other in this episode and while like the basketball of it yeah, yeah there's some of it like the ball movement and everything it's more of like a, a life story rather than the, like technical basketball like uh, you know type of show but it I liked it a lot like I, I they did it really well the way they like went back and forth in the fourth quarter against each other and, and, and all of that I think it was handled pretty well I thought it was pretty cool so I just wanted to share it um, I do want to review some uh, some other shows um, particularly winning time I haven't gotten around to to start watching that just yet um, but I will roll out um, some short episodes probably on that on, on my thoughts on winning time I'm sure I'll have a lot um, as a Lakers fan um, so so can't wait to see it. Big fan of Adam McKay too, but you know, I've heard certain things about about the show one way or another. Um, I haven't really gotten too much into it, so I'll get into that. I'll finish this. There's only one season of this, so seven more episodes. So I'll provide a little bit more update for it. I know Apple TV is not as uh, subscribed as uh, a lot of the other subscription platforms, uh, but if you get like a you know free trial or anything, uh, uh, it's definitely nice to check out okay let me see if i have anything else before i go over to the reaction video nope that's it so the videos i was looking at um i had a couple from p-ball breakdown that i wanted to to review but i kind of landed on this uh why kate cutting cam is zambia rookie of the year the other things i wanted um uh, Kenny. So Kenny, the fourth quarter, uh, look at, uh, look back at NBA preseason predictions. I feel like I'll do that another time. Cause I think I'm, I'm going to talk through it a lot. And, uh, this episode's already running pretty late. So I'll just pick the shortest one, um, with coach Nick, who's been in the game for a very long time. Very good at what he does. So let's see what he has to say about. Kate Cunningham being rookie of the year. Um, which I'll talk about in my all rookie team. Um, but it's no secret for me, it's Evan Mobley, but it's a very close race um, this year. So very interested to see what Coach Nick says.
1: So many possible candidates, and that simply means the future of the NBA is very bright indeed. Very bright. While we've got an incredible defensive stopper in Cleveland, a Swiss Army Knife in Toronto, and a Rainer of threes in Houston, the one player who's put together
0: as nah, he wouldn't the be it, for sure. My to These top three guys are Cade still, Cade like, very good defenders. Cade's maybe the worst defender out of here, but that's, like...
1: Seems to know he, he, exactly how tall he's Cape a really good in defender. I might definitely feels closer
0: to 6'8. Not Scotty, not not Mobley, but he plays that impressed me for his offense to defend like that.
1: Piston's primary pick and roll ball handler. Just watch how he navigates a strong hedge by stringing out the retreat dribble, then using a quick back jab to get going on the attack, never letting his man get comfortable on the crossover, and then the beautiful off foot layup using the glass he's basically a next heliocentric player right hand shot which is the high level skill that catches the defender behind the play when they're expecting and that's what detroit needs he never gets going too fast Happy to keep his defender shielded on his side and calmly but with strength riding all the way to the basket, going off both feet for a stronger finish and soft touch off the yeah, his
0: control is really good.
1: I like how the Pistons
0: especially a for a rookie, ball to get the it's improved to since the first couple Watch months how in of the season.
1: Control he is to put his defender in jail and then get to the left block for a nice lefty half hook. This misses, but I expect another summer of polishing to fix this. Here's another example of his craftiness. He's moves gonna to make a, a
0: very nice a sophomore lead
1: by after forcing the switch in the pick and roll. Terrific use of the spin move gets him to the front of the rim for another slick lefty finish. Again he just needs a summer to polish these things. They get, you know, he's they already have
0: Sadiq Bey get something for Jeremy Grant the and then draft I a lottery pick. Here to to and here's another finish he needs to master in the summer to take the next big jump. That'll be the tools set. around him to, to really just the fact that he's to take so really give him and that help. But he'll he he still be the play play heliocentric player. The tells me that he's already got a ton of skill.
1: Defenders aren't going to be able to lean on that right hand finish, and that guessing game will lead to a lot of buckets in what promises to be a very long career. And if we're talking extreme displays of skill, just check the finishes on these two pick and roll attacks. This stretched out runner is the kind of thing we're used to seeing smaller guards perform, and this, like, the defense is like completely centered on him. Stops with his back to the basket and a shimmy to his left before doing a right foot turn into a short fadeaway. His shifty dribble is also a key to getting into the paint consistently. Check the subtle shot fake off the handle that gets him into a crossover downhill and the jump stop shot fake step through reverse? My lord. Cade Cunningham has mastered ball handling by utilizing a lot of creativity with his training and it leads directly to a lot of his success. If you're looking for that same kind of unique and creative environment that can transform your career, then you have to check out Skillshare with thousands of online class, more creativity a fan of marquez Brownlee, and was heard great things about
0: skillshare i haven't used it yet because well, notes of there's so the many other
1: places where i can do my uh, my MOOC learning here, until my i get there more and more people the first 1000 discover what he truly operates off ball. The one area he's going to really need to improve is getting by defenders off the dribble. I love how he lifts his feet off the floor before catching and tries to attack right away, but he goes towards the strong side where there were four defenders already and right to his man before getting back into the lane but missing the off-foot floater. Here's another example of not having enough space on a crossover and he actually gets stood up and the ball deflected. Again, here's a great split. I like to
0: see at what point of the season each of these clips are Bogdanovich from. Bogdanovich before going to another jump hook that he can't finish.
1: He's already figuring out ways to make this work for him, particularly because of his size. While he doesn't technically get by
0: his man, he continues to leverage Derek White out of his position These are correctable rookie, rookie mistakes left also left left. combined with the fact One that his, his teammates aren't like Right to the now, level where
1: 33.3% he needs, them to be. needs to go up to force defenders into more aggressive closeouts. You can see he's got a pretty low set point,
0: but plenty of players these have this, and it doesn't mean he'll get it. I feel a like he's a better than usual. There is a
1: slight pause spot
0: up shooter now to the point pull-up shooter than
1: uh to the But I do like the aggressive rhythm distance than a catch and shooter. The
0: Pistons have some guys like Killian Hayes. Off the dribble made, shooter. Who can put pressure on the defense. No clutch shot shots away, and everything.
1: And he's got great rhythm here as he times the bottom of the dip to the right foot toe tap. And he maintains his form despite the close contest. But on this one, when he's got way more time, notice how the bottom of the dip is a tad too early. With a few frames still waiting for the right foot to pull Wow, break.
0: what a pull-up.
1: parachute out, almost trying to wield the ball to the hoop for fear of it being short here's another one where the arms feel like that was
0: unnecessarily long, long right shot
1: plants, and his feet stay too far apart on the way down as he can't get proper energy transferred but he nails the rhythm perfectly on this one his feet stay closer together and on the coach way Nick down, and the
0: mechanics it's made shot I mean he, ha- he literally coaches this position. stuff he coaches so the mechanics of, of shots
1: certain advantages in the
0: open court big nice bucks too
1: out that gets him into the lane, and then the creative double pump push through contact he's got some speed that we don't always see and I dig this running lefty hook shot as well bravo lest you think he's only got that shot with the left here's another full speed attack on the right side with that same gorgeous shot
0: off the glass with the right hand his future I'm not saying it it has to be dictated like this or that um, or that he won't have a good future if, if this doesn't happen but I feel like his future is gonna be dictated by who's the other star they put next to him and that other star could, could just be whoever they draft um, in the lottery this year so they should have a top 5 pick and you know that's looking at Paulo Banquero, um Chet Holmgren uh, Jabari Smith um, uh, maybe um, I'm blinking on him ivy um they won wa- they wouldn't pick ivy i wouldn't pick ivy if i was them um i'll pick a big if i was them and um you know if it's if it's chet Hongren, uh you know number number one option still going to be cade if it's jabari i would still consider number one option to be cade maybe jabari you know scores more potentially but it's going to be a lot of Cade, finding him open, Um, Jabari being more of a a stretch four type of player. Um, I think that is probably the best fit for them. Uh, Chet, maybe not the best fit offensively, still a good fit offensively, that um, uh, should be able to to provide for them defensively, although Jabari could do that as well. Um, If it's like Paolo Banquero that's going to affect it a lot because I feel like Paolo's going to get the ball in his hands more he's going to create more we're going to have to see um K develop more of an off-ball game we're going to want Paolo to de- develop more of an off-ball game as well that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be you know where he where he necessarily succeeds so I feel like a lot of that is going to is going to depend on on who the Pistons select however if they select someone for example and he doesn't pan out or let's say they they trade him and they get a star like i don't know necessarily why they would do that but if they package that with you know jeremy grant get like a big star or something to put alongside him um, that would change um you know that would definitely affect his trajectory because i feel like he's a very uh moldable player his game could still grow a lot and it's and it's great what we're already seeing from him but i think he still has like a a, a ton to grow which i would say the same thing about Mobley, but Mobley's is particularly more on the offensive category, side that i feel like his game could in. grow one one on the break
1: The one area of weakness in transition that he must fix is his penchant for turnovers on long downcourt passes. I love how he scans the floor and does look to get his teammates involved as much as possible, but he's got to learn how to decide whether his teammates are open enough to risk throwing a pass that will travel so much distance before it gets to the
0: intended target. Is Dwayne Casey the the coach coach to to coach him up on that? So look for this to calm down
1: by next year. In the half court, however, he has great vision and can already make most every pass an NBA point guard needs to have in his arsenal, like this skip to the corner on time and on target out of the pick and roll. When they traded for Marvin Bagley III, he became Cade's favorite target and unlocked both of their potentials even more. You can just see the feel Cade has for the game with all of these dimes to Bagley. So expect a rebirth in Detroit centered around this young core of players defensively
0: I wasn't sure what to expect when I fired up a bunch of his I feel like you might want chabari if you're gonna build around Bagley as well
1: chabari might be the pick attacked these possessions he's physical uses his hands well and engages in a one-on-one battle with pride even if he gets scored on
0: because chat might be too much of a you know they might they might interrupt each other too much with Bagley now I don't know if you want tos necessarily pick a different guy in, like, the top three in the draft um, because of Bagley. But, I mean, if, if they believe in Bagley, which he he has looked good, if you pair him with someone who could play good defense while, you know, stretching and, and not taking up the same space as Bagley on offense, um, which that could be either Jabari or Chet, but I feel like um, Chet could do that. Paolo can possibly do that, too
1: he's making the offense work hard for these buckets. When your best offensive player puts out this kind of energy in the defensive end, expect the culture around the Pistons to change rapidly. I can't see how this kind of thing doesn't inspire a
0: lot more wins in the coming years. That's because why if he gets he a co-star too, for sure. keep up that offensive level. This roster means they'll be competing for the top of the Eastern
1: Conference, led by none other than this year's Rookie of the Year, Cade Cunningham.
0: See a large reason why I disagree with
1: What's the word, y'all?
0: We'll go back to NBA with Cade being the Rookie of the Year is because I would rather Mobley gets it. Um, with Scotty, I feel like it's he didn't necessarily contribute as uh significantly uh, in terms of like a significant portion of his team's. Um, you know output was not dictated by him although he did he did everything for the team that they needed when they needed it right when they needed him high usage when they had guys out particularly Siakam, he was there he played great defense all year facilitated like absolutely great player um, Scotty but I feel like Mobley, what he did for the team, and then the turnaround that that team had, um, you have to factor that in. Like, I don't care if Jared Allen was there. Like the fact that um, Mobley was able to play alongside Jared Allen like that. Like, Mobley is an all league defender already, just like Herb Jones is. Mobley even more is a is an all league defender. I mean the impact that a, that a big has, that a great defensive big has. Is better, although like Herb is the type of player that is just like Tybal Thibault or um, uh, like Caruso uh, type player who's basically um, so focused on the defensive side of the ball that he really, really, really earns his stripes on there, even if he's your worst offensive option, which I don't think. Hmm. Herb might be their worst offensive option, but I think not necessarily because he's definitely shown flashes um, when guys were out um, of, of being very efficient. But maybe not. I don't, I don't think it matters too much. But um, I'm still picking Mobley as that. Um, you know, Coach Nick made good points, and I wouldn't be disappointed in the slightest if, if Kate took it over Mobley. Um, I think we consider, you know, the whole year. Uh, I think we consider the team success. Um, but yeah, Kate's definitely deserving. But one thing I saw from this more than anything is that not necessarily like this year, but his ceiling still has a long way to go, which is very scary. Very scary. All right. Like is that is it for episode two of my podcast. Um, Tomorrow, uh, I should be doing my, uh, all rookie, all defense and all NBA teams. Uh, look out for that. And then the next time there's, you know, the play-in, uh, playing games, I'll do another podcast on that, another reaction. And then I might do a couple, uh, uh, shorter reaction videos on, on either various videos or, um, sort of recapping, uh, winning time. I should be starting that series soon. So, uh. Thanks for listening, and uh, i would be very excited to hear your feedback, good or bad. I'm still learning this. Thank you.